ain't gonna give up Got too little time, I'ma live up Head down, push forward through the tough times Cause anything we're doing is a tough Hey there demons, it's us two girls. Welcome to the Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are goblins, two goblins on the internet that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. Do you have a body? <laughs> Do you sometimes wonder, why doesn't it cooperate? Why is there hair there? It doesn't matter, because you know bodies. Now, tell me, being at the age that we are, and now this year you will be heading toward your third decade on this earth, I'm a little oh. bit ahead of you. Yes. In that timeline of things, but what was kind of your experience of experiencing your body growing up? Were you okay with yourself? How did you <laughs> deal with those awkward times, the best of times, and then all the ugly times? <laughs> uh, it was a lot of ugly times. I I was born and raised in the country in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and it was I was always the chunky kid. Okay. Like, I have never been one of those wraith-like, ethereal, beautiful girls. Like, I was never tiny. I was never thin. Never could be considered that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was totally fine with that growing up. I Everything was cool. Like, I didn't see myself as differently. Mm-hmm. Until, and this is a core memory for me, in fifth grade... We did after school programs and I signed up for dance class because Mm -hmm. everyone was doing dance and it was free. And so it was kind of the only way for me to do dance class, which again, totally fine. Mm -hmm. And all of the girls were doing that thing where like you roll up your shirt and you tuck it into the neck. And so you have like a halter top. Oh, that yeah, that's stupid. (laughs) I know. But again, we're all in fifth grade. We're all like 11. And so we're all doing it and dancing and being dumb, which is what children do. Uh-huh. Y- so I only? do that. <laughs> you, y'all don't still <laughs> dance and be dumb? <laughs> so I, I did that. I pulled up my shirt, tuck it in the neck, and I distinctly remember these two girls turned and looked at me and went, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. <gasps> no, they didn't. And I have never, like, hid in a corner faster in my life. I immediately, like, yanked my shirt down, tried to get it to my knees, basically, and, like, just did not want to participate anymore. Mm-hmm. And that lone interaction with this poor 11-year-old girl has stuck with me my entire life. And to this day, it's still something I have to fight. Yeah. And so I've always been very hyper aware of my body and what it looks like since. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think you and I shared a similar tra- trajectory growing up because for a few of my formative years, I was like fairly skinny. Mm hmm. Maybe more stick like as a when I was really young. Mm-hmm. But then kind of filled out in awkward ways until like (laughs) I got to a certain age and that kind of started to more evenly distribute (laughs) okay shall we say but like you there was like these core memories that I had one was at summer camp and one was when I signed up for like this gymnastic program Mm -hmm. um in the neighborhood and 
Mind you, when someone says no offense, or I don't mean to be rude, that means they're going to say something crazy rude or crazy offensive. Way out of pocket. Yeah, and I remember this when I was like nine. So what's Mm -hmm. that, like fourth grade? Yep. Yeah. And this girl, like, we were climbing over a fence, and I climbed over just fine, but she offered me her hand, but, you know, you still, like, pull yourself up, right? Yeah. And she was like, no offense, but you're kind of heavy. Uh. So that was that. And then also during gymnastics class, you know, like gymnasts, especially when I see the Olympic gymnasts, have a particular body type where they're usually like small and stacked. Yeah. To me, gymnasts are the perfect balance of strength because they're crazy strong, but also flexibility. They're not like these meathead, you know power lifters who can't even reach behind their back because their traps are so big or whatever. So gymnasts to me, it's like the body type and what they can do with said Mm -hmm. body is so amazing. And being in this community program, I was even, I think I was around the same age. So maybe I was like a double whammy and then traumatized ever since. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, about half the girls wear sticks And it's like, my body, even though it was not like a stick, like a little stick bug, it Mm -hmm. could still do all the things that their bodies could do. Right. You know? And maybe there was one or two other girls that looked like me or similar to me, but many of them were very skinny for whatever reason, which is fine. Right. But my body also, looking at those other girls and sometimes their snarky comments Mm -hmm. made me feel so out of place and like, I need to disappear. Right. Yeah. And it's like, holy fuck, you know, nothing is meaner than a girl in middle school. (laughs) Dude or high school. Cause like when you're talking about the sports, I was on the volleyball team all through middle and high school. Mm -hmm. And my high school, I think I was, a sophomore, we were all kind of sitting together in the locker room and they were doing that whole what animal are we thing. And so like some would say they were a gazelle and some would say they were like a zebra or whatever. And me wanting to join the fun. I'm like, well, what do you what like what animal would I be? When I tell you this girl turned around, looked me dead in the eye without hesitation and said, I don't know, maybe a hippo. Shut the fuck up. I mean, first of all, hippos are powerful, and they can get really mad, and they sweat red when they're stressed out. Right. Which is cool. And yeah, I mean, when you you actually learn about hippos, like from a zoological standpoint, hippos are fucking cool. Yeah, they're really dope and super cute, by the way. But to hear that as a 16-year-old, going through it already. A 16-year-old girl, yeah. And just to be, like, your best friend on the team just got called a gazelle and you're turned around and being called a hippo. Yeah. And we spiral. Like, and people fucking wonder why girls have body image issues. Seriously. And, like, if we're just talking outward appearance shape-wise, because everything can be broken down into shapes, correct? When I think of a zebra, I'm like, yeah, it's a marshmallow on legs. It's not exactly skinny. <laughs> right. You know, it's like thick in all the right places. Yeah. But it has a tummy. 
So, jokes on those girls because they were insulting themselves if if we're following their track of thinking. Yeah. It's... Ugh. I, I just... I have yet to meet someone in general, like, across the gendered spectrum, who has been 100% comfortable in their body Mm-mm. at any given point of their life, really. Yeah. Yeah. I... I think... You know, the most, I guess, out there issues are the ones related to the female perception of body type and body image. Whereas mm. for a man, it's okay to be bald. It's okay to have gray hair. It's okay to have wrinkles because then you're like a daddy, a silver fox. It's okay to right. have a dad bod. But if you're a woman who's had a child, you got to bounce back into a like a body with not just a six pack like you had before pregnancy, but you need an eight pack now your boobs can't look a certain way they can't get lower you know you can only go higher your face needs to be stretched tucked and yanked sucked tucked cut off no gray hairs in (laughs) sight you know all the hair on your head no hair anywhere else it's just these crazy crazy things right see and i I wish, because I feel like most of the mean comments I got growing up and most of the judgmental stares I get to this day mm-hmm. come from other women. What the fuck is up with that? Like, I do not, like, I'm getting to the point now, thankfully, where I just don't care anymore, which has been so freeing. It's liberating, yes. But all through my teens, all through my 20s, It's, like, most of it has come from other women. And I just don't understand why someone would do that. Like, why would you tear someone else down for any reason? It's a quick self-esteem boost. The only two reasons I can really think of time and time again is jealousy and insecurity. And I really think that people hate on other people who seem to be okay with themselves. And obviously we have good and bad days where sometimes we're really feeling ourselves and then other days where we might feel a little awkward in our skin. Right. But because they feel bad on a day-to-day basis or they have these perceived flaws, whether someone notices them or not, whatever that is, they're like, why aren't you feeling insecure like I'm feeling insecure? How about I make that happen for you? (laughs) My gift to you. God, I don't want that gift. Y'all can y'all can return it to Amazon where you got it from. I don't want it. Seriously, the warehouse, because I even had an instance when I was 18, and this has been over a decade since that time, and I remember being at a gallery, and there was this woman there who was in her late 30s, I would say like 38, 39, mm-hmm. and me an 18-year-old, and this woman... I'll never forget, because she was a thespian at the local theater. Oh. So if that sets the precedent for things. But she was like, Miss, how old are you? And I said, I'm 18. And she's like, oh, I thought you were 25. And I look like a total baby face. I had a bob at that time and like all this other stuff. I have a round ass face to begin with. Yeah. So I'm like, I know this bitch is lying. It's like, all right, cool. What? Yeah. And it's like, really? You're almost 40 and you're going to talk that way to a tween? 
someone who's in their late <sighs> tweens, teens, right? <laughs> Still some a baby, people, pretty much. Listen, some people, as I like to say, we have inside thoughts that need to just stay inside. Yeah, a thought bubble, until, not a word bubble. <laughs> right, a thought bubble that the only place you can let that out is in therapy. Seriously. Like, I just, I do not understand how some people just get so mean and so mean-spirited. Especially, like, older individuals towards younger people or, like, kids. Right? Like, I I understand, like, if someone grows up in a difficult environment, it might be a little harder for them to to not be a dick, right? Like, sure. <laughs> yeah. But, again, as we have said previously... Your actions are your responsibility. Yeah, yeah. If your default setting is being an asshole, that's then a there's problem. there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, big problem. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no one is responsible for accommodating to you if you either remove yourself from the situation or you don't say anything at all. Right? I don't see how that's a hard thought process for individuals because when I was Ooh. a kid, I was told... To shut the fuck up constantly. And so, like, it was a pretty easy thing to be like, is this something that's going to add to the situation in a positive light? No. I'm just not going to say anything then. Yeah. Truly. If you have nothing nice to say, just don't say it at all. Right? And also, don't hate for people because everyone's carrying some kind of cross. They all have a cross to bear. You don't know what people are going through. Even if they look cool, calm, collected. On the outside, there's some shit beneath the surface, so be kind. Right? I yeah. need more kindness. Truly, truly. It's it's such a simple thing, and you think the bar is already so low for human decency, <laughs> especially toward awkward, just pre-puberty or going through puberty individuals, which is arguably mm-hmm. the worst time of your life. Because you don't want anyone to even look at you, breathe on you, anything. Everything and anything is wrong and uncomfortable. Yeah, I, like, something that has carried through pre-puberty, through puberty to now, Mm -hmm. is acne. To this fucking day, I still have acne. And I hate it. I thought that that was supposed to finish when you hit, like, 22 or 25. No, it does not. It stays fucking with you. But is it to the same state that it was when you were younger? Like, it ha- or has it lessened up a little bit? It's lessened. It's lessened a lot. Okay. And I, I'm sure, like how we had our skin um, episode, mm-hmm. I'm sure that part of it is because I'm using proper products. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like, taking my skin off every night, literally, with some kind of scrub. Oh. <laughs> but... It never fails. Like, I still get acne. And I, it's so annoying. Yeah, same. It, it's also, like, yours not to the degree that it used to be. Because back in the in the day, it was almost demoralizing, <laughs> is the oh, word God. I would use. Now it's just, like, the pores. Oh, yeah. You know, but I'm less trying to fight against my complexion type, which is oily, to combo skin. yeah. And like you said, the products are now more catered, more, more focused, not taking a Brillo pad and being <laughs> like, we just got to slow down this oil production by using alcohol-based products. Ooh. 
No, that's that's not in the repertoire anymore. That's in fact illegal in my mind. <laughs> toward my face. <laughs> my <laughs> toward face. my dermis. <laughs> yeah. You know, crimes against my face, the biography. Let me get into it. <laughs> we already did. So, <laughs> yeah. So at least it's just like, oh yeah, you know what? This oiliness could also serve to my advantage. You and I both have much more rounded, full faces, Mm -hmm. which as we age, especially our natural moisturizing selves. Right. (laughs) Yeah, our skin being oily and our round faces, we're going to be youthful longer. Oh, sure. So, you know, I'm not saying vanity is the ultimate destination, but, you know, it feels good when we look good to ourselves. Yeah. I also, like, I, on a totally, like, side note here, I think that just America in general is so bad at guessing ages because the actors that we use to portray ages on TV are so much older than they need to be. Girl. If we had actual teenagers playing teenagers on TV, people would tune and be like, these are children. I'm like, yeah, because they are. Because teenagers are children. Right. They're stupid idiots. And with, they're also with love. babies. Much love. With love. Yeah, but it, yeah, what did you really know at that age? Because I'll tell you for me, I didn't know nothing. You didn't know shit. Jack Diddley. <laughs> Jack Diddley squat shit. <laughs> but isn't it also funny how actresses, like, it's not even you're the mom when you're 30 years old, but by 40, you're already the grandmother. Oh my but God. But that isn't the case for male actors. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Because it's true. Oh, God, yeah. That's... Yeah, you might as well crawl in a coffin and die, Gladys, once you re- reach the ripe old age of 40. <laughs> yeah, that's... I. You see so many 40-year-olds out here just killing it and kicking it. And same with 50-year-olds. They're just, like, living life to the fullest. And then someone finds out their age and it's all of a sudden, oh, my God, how are you out here doing this? Why are you out here doing this? Like... It was fine 10 minutes ago when you thought they were 35. Like, this is just what 50-year-old people look like. Get over it. Or even older than that. Yeah, you can be beautiful at any age. And, like, what a treasure to be able to live to particular ages where Mm. in many parts of the world you don't get that privilege. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah, it's just always shocking to me. The... It's like the moment you find out someone is, let's say, 35 if they're child-free, that already comes with a bunch of problems. Yep. Yeah. Child-free gang. <laughs> if gang gang shit. You're, yeah, if you're not sitting inside covered head to toe like some nun, you know, then what are you doing, you you tart? You tart! <laughs> yeah, you uh, trollop. Oh my god. Strumpet. <laughs> and I'm not saying, you know, ever since I was younger, my preference hasn't been to show my yams and my gams that sure that just or my cut or my cutlets for that <laughs> cutlets. you know yeah my cutlets you know <laughs> <laughs> because like shorts was were painful for me my thighs are bigger so especially oh. if it's particularly hot and i'm sweating the rub is real oh big thigh gang can we just get a, a moment of silence <laughs> Seriously, and thick thighs do save lives, but they also can have some blood involved. I, you know what? There is um, a stick 
by the brand Mega Babe that I bought at Target. And it is a thigh oh. stick. It's literally like unscented deodorant for your thighs. And uh-huh. girl, when I tell you it works. <laughs> Game changer. Game changer. Because not only it's a body stick. So not only do I put it between my thighs, I also put it under the girls on the days that I'm not wearing a bra around the house, but it's still hot Hello. as fuck because global warming. <laughs> <laughs> you got to live to fight another day, you know? <laughs> you really do. <laughs> so there's your, there's your tidbit you. out there, loves and, and lasses. <laughs> Get you some yeah. mega babe thigh stick. I just remember from that movie Juno that came out ages ago, Polly oh. Bleeker, when he was putting the deodorant, you know, because the running shorts. Yes. Yeah. So the I'm sausages. like, that, that's the mood. The sausages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sausage party. Yeah. But in this case, the cutlet party. Yeah. Yams, gams, and cutlets. The full feast. <laughs> I am not a snack. All right. I am a, a six-course dinner. dinner. <laughs> Yeah. With appetizer a, and desserts. <laughs> at the highest rated Michelin restaurant. Thank you so much. Oh, I mean, I'm lucky to be Waffle House some days, but that's all good. <laughs> you know, some days you're a Waffle House, some days you're Waffle House Plus. <laughs> when you're feeling like a Subway or a Pot Bellies. <laughs> it's, it's a spectrum. We exist on a spectrum, yes? It is. It's a spectrum. And it's all about loving that spectrum on Yeah. On Waffle House days and Olive Garden days and <laughs> I'm trying stick. to think of like a Michelin star restaurant that everyone would know and I can't think of one. I'm not that bougie. I know my <laughs> friend went to one in France because they're living the best French life. Anything overseas, anything outside of America is going to be better. <laughs> yeah, I won't, probably even like their thigh rescue sticks. Probably. Less preservatives. Probably. Yes, completely. <laughs> like you can even eat it. That's how clean it is. <laughs> I but... just had a thought. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> of what a Europe thigh rescue stick would be. <laughs> It'd probably be a spray form. Oh, I was just thinking... Oh, my brain went so much naughtier. <laughs> I will ask after we're done recording. <laughs> but to finish my original thought, you know, I like the shorts, the short situation. I was once told by a family member I dress like a nun, but I'm like, what? listen. And, and they're right, kind of. Oh, so <laughs> the goth life is a pervasive life. You know, okay. you, you can't quit the goth life because it just doesn't work like that. You keep on going back to certain things. And that's why I'm like, the texture of the material, you know, like if it's mm-hmm, a more mm-hmm. transparent thing. God, what is that flowy one that dries really quick? There's a lot of those. It's all synthetic materials, yes, but okay. anything netted, synthetic. Right. That's that's where you could have, have fun, where if it's sheer clothing items, that's like an understated kind of sexy or, you know. Sure. That kind of stuff. So you can still be sexy while being modest. Yeah. And even if you want to let the yams, gams, and cutlets out, that's great on you. Did I tell you about during our grad school days how I was walking with a friend? So I didn't personally witness this. This was hearsay. But, and this was a guy. So he suddenly like, it's (laughs) like, what happened? What happened? And he said, I just saw the lips of some girl's vulva. 
Oh. Because she was wearing the high-waisted shorts, and they were, like, high-cut, French-cut, almost. Oh. And I guess there was no underwear. Or if so, it was, like, the double wedgie up in front, up in back. But in any case, one lip was on one side, one lip was on the other. Sis! Right. And, (sighs) but it's like, you see this, though, where it's your butt and then your front butt poking out. Listen, I just... Again, if you're putting your your yams, games, whatever you call them, out, that's fine. The front butt. But, but this is how you get UTIs, okay? This oh, one-way ticket. One-way ticket to the ER or, or urgent care to get antibiotics. Like, that is not... Yeah, not, not to flavor town. That is not... <laughs> it's not healthy. Just, if you're gonna be slutty, I'm all here for it, but you gotta be safe, slutty, Okay. There is clothing that is equally revealing, but does not cause so much friction in that department. Yes. Here, here. Yeah. Let this case be closed. Can I... I, I want to keep on the topic of, of clothing, because was that what we were talking about here? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Audience, you know. You know us. So, <laughs> we're, we're talking you, about clothing. If you're new, if you're new here, welcome. So, Thanks for sticking around. I am not one to to put things, like, on display or what have you mm-hmm. from previous experiences. And I am someone who has worked through a lot of my own personal stuff. I still have – I do still have triggers when it comes to my weight that do cause spirals. And I am – I'm aware of them and I do everything in my power to avoid them. Mm-hmm. But I also get frustrated when I'm – Again, just side-eyed when I'm wearing, like, high-necked tops or fully covered dresses or maxi skirts or what Mm. have you. And it's like, I'm still dressing for the temperature. Most of my stuff is cotton. Most of my stuff is breathable. Right. But it's almost like, well, you're not letting what you're, how you're dressing is, like, a detriment to womankind. It's like, no, no. It's not. I just don't want my tatas out to say hello. Like, what is... How is that offensive? <laughs> I, I think they would have preferred it. You would have gotten less of a side eye if your if your tatas were, like, coming out the t- top of your turtleneck. <laughs> it's coming off the... I'll just... M- my lady, just lift my nips. <laughs> Actually, they'll put little fedoras on them. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Good day. Yeah, I I don't really understand that either. Be as listen, if you want to walk around in a latex leotard or a full body latex suit, I would be like namaste, be on your way. Absolutely. Whatever. I don't care. I really don't care. This is you. If you feel good, if you feel like you're pounding the pavement in that thing, bless. Honestly, bless up. For me, like you, I prefer to cover up more. My kind of math on getting dressed is more flowy on the top, tight on the bottom, or reverse that. Yeah. You know, or if I'm wearing, like, let's say, a tank top, like, a, it's cropped spaghetti strap tank, then I wear long pants or a longer skirt on the bottom. Sure. Because I, otherwise I would feel like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so exposed. <laughs> but that's just me. And if, if nobody likes that, who gives a shit? Honestly. 
Right? Like, I'm not gonna walk around <laughs> naked, but I'm also not gonna walk around in, like, a sheet over myself like a ghost. Yeah. And see, this last year, I don't know if this is um, true with you or not, but I have just very recently started wearing crop tops. I I go through phases where I'm more okay about showing my midsection and then other times where it's like, let's cover her up for now. So when there's the grand reveal, it's popping, you know? Yeah, I just, I've been, like, the one part of my body that I've always been self-conscious about is my stomach. Same. Like, to this day, it couldn't matter how, like, maybe baggy my arms might get or my legs. I will still love them unconditionally. The only Mm -hmm. part of my body that I have never been able to love unconditionally is my midsection. And so I have been buying a couple of crop tops now that I can just wear out and about in public. Hell yeah. And it is nerve-wracking every time. But then most days when I wear them, it's like, I don't get, like, there's nothing, there's no issue. No one says anything to me because, again, no one gives a fuck more than you do. No, we may get the impression that, oh my gosh, everyone is looking at us. But honestly, they're probably experiencing the same thoughts as you are, but just toward themselves. Right. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I've had examples that I've been talking about where, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be an asshole somewhere. The vast majority, though, of people are worried about them damn selves. Yes. And here's the thing. If you wouldn't go to someone for advice, why would you care what Joe Schmo on the street says to you or Chad, Chadley on the block, you know? Or, Even, or Becky. Yeah, or Becky. It really doesn't matter, honestly, what people think. And especially the ones that do it online behind the guise of being anonymous, or even if you know who this person is, it's the psychological divide of the distance or being behind a screen that normally these people wouldn't say to your face. And if they did, you know they're a shit person. Right. (sighs) And... Like you, I have a very similar experience with my midsection. I'm like, I know it holds my body upright. Right. But especially living with endo, sometimes I wake up and my stomach already looks like I'm five or six months pregnant. Oh my god, yes. Please, can we talk about that? Yeah. Like, you've eaten nothing. You didn't drink anything. So the natural swell of your stomach as you ingest things... That's so normal. You're not just, you know, the baseline state of your stomach is not how it is. But if you have a chronic health condition like endo, and that's just how your gut looks like, (laughs) you know, how do you live with that? That some days I'm just like, I can't suck in my stomach. Like, because one, it's not worth it. Two, this is painful. Mm -hmm. And it's already you know, sometimes making me feel so uncomfortable with my body. It's more of like my physical discomfort, not the psychological discomfort of, oh, what what do people think? Because I I could give a shit. Right. Love to see people going through endometriosis and, you know, then trying to hassle me about it. (laughs) No, I I feel the same way. There are days when it's a bad endo day and it's like my period is on the horizon and my the skin on my abdomen hurts because i'm so bloated like that's Mm -hmm. where it gets it gets to the point where you bloat 
without even eating anything and you just wake up and you're uncomfortable in your skin and your skin is like stretching. And it, I feel like it would be similar to someone who's growing with pregnancy because your body stretches. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. your body stretching. And so then you're just, you're so uncomfy and you're so irritable and nothing's going to fit right. I can promise you that. Mm. And it's just like, that's still something that I am coming to terms with as I get older. Because it's not its not going to go away. Because like you said, it's a chronic health issue. Right. Unless we have a hysterectomy, then maybe problem solved, <laughs> vaulting us into an early menopause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which ain't nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's the only thing that's left to do. But for me... Even with no period on the horizon, not having eaten or, you know, drank anything. Drunk anything? English. Drank and drunk is hard Uh, to kind of, you know, use in different tenses. English is stupid. It it sometimes is. (laughs) I I love, I'm very interested in like grammar and language and things like that and the syntax of things, but other times it just makes me struggle inside. (laughs) But (laughs) getting back to the point. And it could be weeks where my stomach looks like this. Mm -hmm. So if it's already like that from the morning, the butt crack of dawn, (laughs) I can only imagine how it's going to look like when I do drink something, when I do eat something. Right. You know, if, if in fact, I'm also having my period during that point in time. And sometimes it's really frustrating. And then other times I'm like, this is how it looks like to be pregnant. That's that. (laughs) It really is. It's... The whole journey of self-love is not an easy journey. No, especially when you have the expansion packs, (laughs) so to speak. The DLCs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, of chronic health conditions. No, it's it's an ongoing battle. And, you know, even into your 90s or 100s, like, it's still, I'm sure you're probably going to wake up and still be able to pick something out that's wrong. But, yeah. you know, there's you have to just train your brain to where the first thing you see about yourself is something right. Yes. Yeah. And it could be it could be something so small. Like, I love the way that my hair looks today or my eyes mm-hmm. are super pretty or I don't know, my my nails look good. Like, just something random should be your first thought. Yeah. And even like you said earlier about your legs and arms, no matter how they may physically look like, your legs carry you places. They hold your body upright. You have both of your legs. You can lift things, pick them up, see them tactilely, you know, experience them. I don't, tactilely is probably not a word. It is now, bitches. It is now. (laughs) Merriam-Webster, let it be known. So my next question to you then is, since this is more of a journey and not an ultimate destination, and as the body changes through time, what is something that you're working on to, if not totally love about yourself, at least accept in yourself more? Um, something that I have been working on recently, this last year, and that it's going to be an ongoing process, mm-hmm. is... So I lift weights, and I've talked about this before. The reason I lift weights is it is because it gives me something healthier to focus on when it comes to my body. Mm-hmm. It's a very immediate of look at what I can do versus look at how I look. Yeah. So when I'm in the gym and I'm able to bench 
you know, 65 pounds or 80 pounds or whatever, I'm like, I'm able to bench 80 pounds versus look at how big my arms are. Because I do have large arms. I've always had large arms. But they're powerful arms. They're, mm-hmm. they, they move me. They, like you said, they are able to lift me up out of places or push things off or what have you. And part of that is also just accepting that I'm always going to be a little bit bigger because you need to be a little bit bigger to hold muscle. Right. And I, my physique, the whole time I have been alive is one that has been built to hold muscle. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's my ancestry, what have you, but I have always been <laughs> what a comedian has called and I relate to very hardly with is uh, I'm a practical body type. <laughs> Love that. Is that an official body type? Because it should be. (laughs) It's going to be now. I have a practical body. It gets me from A to B. And it can do all of these wonderful things. And I I have to focus on that. And Mm -hmm. not what it looks like. And another part of this journey that I want to like just throw things out windows. Is trying to shop for a practical body. It's one of life's difficult tasks. Like, you know how Hercules or what was it, Odysseus had those, like, that terrible task list? That's it, what yeah. that is. Yeah. I I go shopping with my husband and I'm like, I think I'm a size, like, at this point in a lot of places, I'm a size 14 or a size 16. And he goes, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't, I don't know what it means. He's like, well, then how do you know? I'm like, Nobody because it's knows. what fits. You just, you look at the rack. You think, you hold it up to your body. Think maybe this will go around you. You go in the changing room, realize it doesn't go over your knees and you cry. And then we go for the next size up. Like that is how this works. Honestly, I don't know who they sew some of the clothes for. Have you oh ever found, God. let's, in the era when skinny jeans were at their peak. Ooh. But then the legs were this much longer. Yeah. So they crunched up around your ankles and made you look shorter. Yeah. And you and I, we both have muscular legs. And that used to be a very insecure point for me because my calves, naturally very strong calves, muscular ass calves. So I was like, I look like a tree trunk. Oh, no. And it was absolutely devastating. As a teenager, I was like, this is not it. This is not the move, fam. See, I I started swimming competitively at eight years old. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, what they don't tell you is that when your body is growing so quickly while you're a child, whatever you're doing, your body is going to change to match that. So guess who has very large shoulders and a very built chest? This yeah. girl. Okay, I have to wear extra larges or double XLs sometimes simply because I am broad chested and yittified. All right. Like this is not going to fit in a small. Yeah. You have the Holy Trinity of the swimmer's bod. (laughs) I really, I really do have big arms and big chest muscles. Like it's just who I am. Yeah. And then add the yitties to the equation. I got yitties and it's a pain. (laughs) As someone who has never been part of the Big Yitty committee, it's... I, my lady. I, I, my lady. I can only sympathize. It's it's a nightmare. And especially then because people, like, there's this huge trend going around where people go to Goodwills or whatnot. 
mm-hmm. they buy like these super large outfits and then they they recreate them into these beautiful dresses. Mm-hmm. Listen, bitches. That's sometimes the only size that fits us. Right. So if all that extra material costs extra. <laughs> it does. And so like I am all for upcycling. I really, really am. But don't just go to your local store and buy the big t-shirts because you want them to fit big on you. Mm-hmm. And then buy all of them out. And then the rest of us hoes are naked in winter because you bought all the big yeah. sweaters. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't think people now would... This is a side tangent, everyone, by the way. <laughs> of, like you said, don't buy three... Two to three sizes up, buy one size up. You could still make that work. That's still extra yeah. fabric that you have. You don't need to buy something so big that it's going to tent your body. Just go a size up. Yeah. Go a size up. You'll be fine. I promise. You can still do your upcycling into a new outfit. Yeah. Or the people that thrift things and get the good quality bits. Yeah. And then way upsell it. Oh, bitch. God problematic for two reasons so many reasons but so mm, seacrest out tangent (laughs) over what about you is there anything that you are you know just consistently working on or consistently learning to love or accept or what have you Mm -hmm. so i think the biggest thing for me is the midsection piece as well especially since getting the endo diagnosis has been very empowering more than anything right but then it's hard to wear certain things that pants that fit one day don't fit the next day because my stomach's out to here you know and yeah that make and especially like i prefer the high-waisted pants same yeah because one they give me a little bit more shape and then they just cover up the bits that you know i feel better covered up (laughs) Like, I know my body type enough to know what works for me clothing-wise and what doesn't. I'm a firm believer in buying your size, but when you have to accommodate for, like, a health condition that could make every day so variable, right? (laughs) it's sometimes hard to get dressed. And also, like, my skin tone used to be a little bit more, like, olive, and now it's more beige, I blame that on grad school, <laughs> not seeing the sunlight for two goddamn years. Yeah. And I've kind of never gotten my original skin tone back. Feel and that. I'm a very veiny person. If you're a professional, like a medical professional who has to take blood samples, I'm your best patient. I'm your favorite <laughs> patient of the day. You won't miss these veins. You don't need a butterfly needle. But on my pale legs, I'm like, this looks almost sinewy. Yeah. You know? And, like, I have some especial veins in behind my knee. <laughs> and I call that my secret shame. Because it's like, I forget about it. You Y'all- know? But then some days I'm like, well, shit. It's there. But it's, like, hiding under my kneecap. I need, I need the listeners to be aware that you literally just, like, threw your leg up in the screen and I was not prepared for you to fully just lift your leg up at a 90 degree angle while sitting. Like, that was impressive. And talking very casually like, yes, behold, (laughs) my problem area as perceived by me. But, yeah, so especially my legs, I don't like to wear short skirts or shorts for that matter, one, because of the thigh rubbing issue. Yeah. And then secondly, because of, like, pale... Plus veins <laughs> makes me look very unhealthy. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. 
So it's like, and I'm not one to, this is maybe my one point of vanity where I wear sunscreen religiously. Sure. So now I stay pale. I got (laughs) pale and then I stayed pale. You know, I've been consistent. (laughs) But with that comes the rub of, well, now you're purposely managing those sinewy legs. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So... It's the double-edged sword of, do I just use some self-tanner? What's a good self-tanner? What will make me not look orange, but, you know, looks natural? Right. I... Because I know you can deal with it. I mean, I think when it comes to that stuff, you could... You could probably offset it just with, like, the correct color palette of clothing to wear. Oh, I see your point. Like, if it's green veins, use, like, orange or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to, like, make the problem go away, but it might help at least you feel more comfortable. I don't know, because before I used to literally counter that by wearing opaque tights. Yeah. And, you know, your body gets used to certain things. If you live in a hot climate and are covered up, you get used to that kind of stuff. Just like living in a cold climate, your body can deal with that. Right. But then other times, you just want to throw something on and go. You don't want to wiggle your way in and out of tights or long covered up pieces true if i want to look like the nun from the horror movie i can do that because <laughs> i'm already halfway there wear a lot of black i'm pale so so let me let me ask you a sometimes question. hiss at people <laughs> sometimes i hiss at people where would you say you're at in like a, a self-loving situation one mm-hmm. to ten. One being, I I can't look in the mirror at myself. Ten being, I am a goddess. Where would you fall on uh-huh. that scale at the big three zero? Yeah. I was super stoked when I turned 30. I was really looking forward to it. And honestly, and taking just vanity out of the equation, like truly just the premise of accepting yeah. oneself... 8.5 to a 9, girl. Yes! Yeah. Because, listen, when you start from the bottom, you can only go up. <laughs> and when I had, when I was younger, I had a real shit self-esteem. Oh, It was yeah. just really awkward, hiding under boxy, oversized clothing that wasn't flattering, by sure. the way. It was just to literally melt into the background, like some kind of data processor. <laughs> That's what I called it, the data processor look. And... Nowadays, it's the gratitude of what my body can do. Yeah. Yes, there's the more quote-unquote jiggly bits, but honestly, I call it firm yet soft. Sure. It's soft where it needs to be. It's firm where it needs to be. And looking at my body, you wouldn't be able to tell it's as strong as it is. Sure. But I feel that day to day. And my immune system is like a bull, which is great. There's so many things to be grateful for, you know, that I don't have more or bigger health conditions or problems especially chronic ones sure so it's been a long journey and i know it's still a journey yeah especially as i will more display more visible signs of aging over time it's just inevitable yeah no matter how many treatments you do no matter how many potions you use (laughs) but i'm looking at it also from the fact that i'm this age i'm being proactive about certain things i'm taking care of my health because i know it's a long-term investment absolutely and i feel the benefits and how i feel 
you know, I'm not trying to scrape myself up from the floor like I did in my early 20s (laughs) (laughs) and be in my bed till 4 p.m. (laughs) dying. Oh, no, that is not that's not it, fam. Yeah, yeah, I got that out of my body. We've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. And honestly, it's, yeah, just knowing I'm not going to feel 100% every day. Mm-hmm. But I like me for me and I accept me for me. Good. Yeah, how about you? Where are you at in your journey? Maybe it's because the, the big three O is two months out. But I'm still probably at like a solid six Six That's and a still half. great. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if you would have asked me this in high school, it would be zero, just straight zero off the scale. Mm-hmm. I had no self esteem whatsoever. And solidarity. I going into my twenties, I really lived by the don't be the prettiest girl in the group, be the scariest. So Yes, Queen. <laughs> it was very much I still did not have self-esteem. And so at that point, what gave me self-esteem was the idea that no one would want to approach me. Which is not healthy. That's not a healthy way of going about it. Of, I'll make it to where you won't approach me so, like, you can't hurt my feelings. No. (laughs) I mean, I say yes because it's like, do no harm but take no shit. Yes. you know, you can be scary when it counts. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But I had no balance. maybe toward that end. I would would argue I had no balance for that. (laughs) Okay. you You were finding your groove. Yes. Um, and so now I still, I'm still at the heaviest that I've ever been in my life. And it is so hard to break out of the weight is just a number versus weight is tied to my, my existence on this word, like of my worth. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's still, it's still a hard time whenever I have a doctor's appointment and they ask you to get on the scale and I see the number, like it still takes a hit. Sure. And it's so frustrating because there are still so many doctors out there that their immediate reaction to that is, do you want to talk about, like, nutrition facts? Do you need to talk about exercise? Motherfucker, no. I am exercising. I am doing my Mm -hmm. best to eat right. I'm just a big girl. I lift weights. I I work out, you know, five hours a week Mm -hmm. of just straight strength training or cardio or what have you. But... So it's I'm I'm still working through that. I'm still trying to find the love of yes, my body is amazing. Look at all the things it can do, but then also still be able to love my body on the days it can't do anything. Yes. And I'm yeah. I will humbly admit I'm still struggling with that. Yeah, I I guess I if I could create a little uh um amendment to my statement it's the weight thing too because as of late i've been like between the plus 10 Mm -hmm. extra pounds so i'm back to the point of where i was at my heaviest when i was younger yeah even though it's distributed a little differently because back then i was also a little shorter sure but yeah some days let's say if i don't have the stomach from Mm -hmm. the endo even if it's not a flare-up day, it can be frustrating if, like, let's say, like, this part of the body, you know, like, when you get, like, the foop yeah. out the bra. Yeah. Or stuff like that. Or that bra used to fit just right, and now it's feeling a little tight, and now I'm getting, like, a little back roll. Sure. 
or even with the pants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I can very much empathize with that. Because I, I think it's especially harder for women with the weight. Yeah. I just, it's, it, it's an unfortunate, you know, society that we kind of live in and the ideal to be and perfection doesn't exist. It never does. It never will. No one can achieve it. Mm. And to live in that world where your weight is tied to your worth for so many years. Right. It's your brain makes those pathways. They make those neural pathways and one thought equals Mm -hmm. this. And it takes a long time to break those pathways when they are so ingrained. Right. Right. Like you said, the ties of self-worth of desire from other people. Yeah. The clothes, because then again, can we be sexy and this and that with more revealing outfits and, oh, this only looks good on a certain body type, which is so false. <laughs> right. And I I also think that that whole, like, people will not be able to guess your age. People are not able to guess your weight. No. So many no. people are out there thinking, I won't date someone over 150. I'm like, you don't even know what 150 fucking looks like. Yeah, height, body type, just so many things, where the where the fat goes. It's so many different things go into that, and it's such a... Ignorant. Ignorant and un, unrealistic expectation that you have. Like, you're never going to be able to guess someone's weight by looking at them. No, no. I I would love to see the the Frankenstein's monster of a lot of what people deem to be the perfect body type in either men, women, or anyone else. Ugh. You know, there's such a thing as skinny fat. To be slim thick, so few people have that body type naturally. Mm-hmm. And men can struggle as much from body dysmorphia and a bad sense of self as much as women can. Absolutely. And, or even like for men, height. That is if being six foot and above is some kind of personality type. (laughs) And the average height for men is 5'7". Right? And yeah, I like for any man that's in that class and struggling with that, someone's gonna love and appreciate you for that. Absolutely. Honestly, if you're a good person, that's hot. Yes. If you treat me well, that's hot. Like... For, for our gentlemen listeners, I almost called them gentlemen callers. It's not what they are. <laughs> I mean, phone in. <laughs> We're standing by. Um, for, for gentlemen listeners, I am 5'8". My husband is 5'4". And we are happily married. Like He's great. He's wonderful. He's great. Can attest. Can, can confirm. <laughs> yes. So it's just like, we are all struggling with our issues. None of us are happy with what we see in the mirror, at least not mm-hmm. 100%. And it's okay. I'm like, you are still worth love and you are still worth affection and you're still worth to exist on this planet as imperfectly as you are. Progress over perfection. Yes. And just, just acceptance over perfection. Love to see it. Love to see it. Well, S, do you, <laughs> do you have any final thoughts, opinions, what have you about being stuck in our meat suits? I've said so many things <laughs> about the body that maybe people are going to be like, oh, God, 
Why does she call it that? Why does she think that? So I'm good. How about you, Dee? I'm, I'm good, too. I think I hope that we gave enough example and also positivity throughout this pretty sensitive topic. I'm not going to lie. Like, anytime I talk about weight, it's always with, mm. with gritted teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I think many people can relate to, to. And, you know, that's not just to say that to make you or myself feel better, but I think it's such a common thing and I wish it wasn't. Yeah. And we haven't preached the house down in a while, so there you go. Here we are, back Happy at Sunday. it. Happy Sunday. Happy <laughs> Sunday, the Lord's Day. We struck day. again. <laughs> But thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, bookmark, shout us out into the universe, and send us to your friends. Tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. And until next week, stay alive, friends. Love yourselves. From the heathens, got will, got fight, got pride, got reason. If they want to go eat, then you know I'm going to feed them. If you're coming for 